Welcome back, my little crazy peeps. This is Madness Month on Too Big to Bail on the Smooth Brain Network. With your host, Colton and Eric. This week, they talk about Guest House and Just Crazy Enough. Take it away, Colton! <laughs> Thank you, nameless crazy person. I appreciate uh... the, the tea up. Uh, we got Bozo's is, cousin, Bozo the Clown's is, cousin. Is, is that clown in your house? Sadly, for the whole month, he's going to be staying at my house. I, you know, I found <laughs> him on for a, his uh, own theme music. Oh, it's a it was a Fiverr deal. Mm, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, your your clown task rabbit. Yeah, it's clown task rabbit. <laughs> I he's cast you with scaring me in my sleep. He's staying in my guest room as right now. He's only mm. we're only he's only doing like five seconds every week, so I'm not sure how much that really equals out. But mm. he's here. That's too, that's too bad. Uh, I'm glad he's there and not here. Uh, I got enough uh, enough clowns in my neck of the woods. Uh, so, welcome, of course, to the most recent and current episode of Too Big to Bail. As the clown said, it's March Madness, baby. And we're going friggin' mad over here, am I right? I mean, these movies are going to make us crazy one way or another. Probably so, my friend. Probably so. Ah, well, in case you were a first-time listener, which is, I don't know, unlikely, if you're probably one of the three people that listens regularly, uh, this is a podcast where Eric and I uh, challenge ourselves to watch two films that uh, have... uh, previously not been enjoyed by others and uh and we task ourselves with finding three things uh, of value within within the rubble uh because we both believe that even the biggest messes have something worth liking and that's just a kind of positive vibe we're trying to mix into our big dark clouds of negativity and uh, and uh, and and today today's uh, double feature is gonna be a challenge, and I think I I I I've, I I was able to pull some good stuff out of mine, but tough tough tough. Eric, you want uh, you wanna yeah. you wanna do yours first, or do you wanna do mine first? I guess we'll uh, we'll end with yours because yours does have crazy in the name. But, uh... It does. My, uh, I spun Guest House, the Poly Shore Joint. The most recent Poly Shore Joint. Poly Shore Joint X Sam Macaroni is a, Sam Ma- it's a macaroni joint as well. So I guess it's really more of a macaroni joint than yeah, it is a, a shore joint. joint. But uh, Poly Shore did write this, or he wrote, was, had, did have a part in writing it. And I bet, what, do you think he just like wrote his own lines? Oh yeah, I think he was mostly. Like, no, no, no. That's not how I would say it. Yeah. I better be getting a writing credit on this. But this let me tell you, this movie is Polly Shore made a movie. And that's that's the best thing you can say about it. I mean he yeah. put together a capable well, 
He he was somewhat organized enough to put together it, a it movie. Was, I think it was decently shot. Yeah, it was put together through... The uh, locations through. were interesting. Yeah, we, 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 I think we'll, we'll soon find out. That he certainly exploited actually... his friends. Oh, yeah, he pulled in most of the favors he could. The, be, the A lot of them, really. And all the guest appearances. Do you are remember... Do you remember those those like weird trailers that we saw that one time for like Polly Shore's like weird gritty dark detective movie that he was making? I think it was a detective movie. I do not. Do you remember that? I do not. It was weird. <laughs> I think he was going through a dark time and he wanted his art to reflect it. And it did. Yeah, this is a Polly Shore post. This is an attempted return to form. Yeah, his mom's been dead for a couple years after he made this, and she's a legend in and out of her own self. Was he close with his mom? I don't know. I don't. I'm not a big Polly Shore um, uh, aficionado. So, short little Shore family history. His mother is the own was was the main owner of the comedy store in L.A. and was right the main curator of talent and comedy. And she was pretty much like in- engineered his whole career. Like he was like okay, so was, they were close. Yeah, yeah, they were close. He was really close with his mom, and uh, okay. yeah, and she, she, uh, she had like famous comedians babysit him all the time, and could be indicative of what ha- what what he turned out to be later on. I mean, he was like we cannot deny the success he did have because he did fit some sort of role in the nineties. He was was everyone's punching bag, right? He was a punching bag. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, he took his hits. I think, I think, you know, all of like the people who got very famous for like doing one thing definitely became punching bags at some point. It was the same with like Sinbad or, um, uh, gosh, what's what's the prop comic? Um, Gallagher? (laughs) <laughs> not Gallagher. Gallagher oh, got beat uh, up because he was racist. Carrot head. Carrot head? Airhead. Carrot head, yes. Like those types of folks who kind of like they coasted off of a single gimmick and who's the who's and the people comedian? really beat them up beat them up in the in the public for it. Not like physically, but who was the what was the guy the comedian? He was like extremely famous and he wore leather and wore all black. Louis C.K. No. And he and Andrew Dice Clay. Andrew Dice Clay. He would smoke the cigarette like with his hand, with his arm around. He would over smoke his... the cigarette with his <laughs> hand. Like, hey, what's it going on? Hey, Hickory Dickory Duck. That's his famous line. He had a um, he had a, a revival TV show about him him that came out. And, well, he did. And he was. On I the, assume when he was the honestly the best part of the uh, um. Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper movie, the Star. Oh, the Star is Born. He's like Lady Gaga's dad, right? Yeah, he was great. He was awesome. He was pretty good. Yeah, he was played a sweet, uh, sweet, sweet limo. Did you like that movie? I did not. not Yeah, it doesn't really hold much room in my head. I just, I, I never, I didn't know it was like a, it was a, like it was like a remake of a. What about the part where she goes, (laughs) ha? To me, Do you uh, like that part? I didn't. Uh, no, not particularly. Ha! 
What about the song? The um, uh, it's shallow. You like the shallows, though, right? I did. Uh, I forgot about it after I watched it. But... Tell me something. Uh, what was the uh? Oh, uh, Sam Elliott was uh, in that movie too. Uh, yeah, Sam I Elliott. Just want to get another look at you. <laughs> no, I'm actually uh this the the Bradley Cooper character who stole Sam Elliott's voice. <laughs> he did. You don't uh, remember him saying that? <laughs> yeah, I do. He's like, you stole my voice. <laughs> <laughs> and in the same voice, he says back to him, No, I didn't. No, I did it. And I was like, Yeah, dude. I no, I didn't. Just, we just sound similar. <laughs> just sound Okay, like. partner. I'm going to sell our dad, our dead dad's ranch. They're supposed to be brothers. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Sam Elliott and. Oh, God, we can't talk about this movie. Yeah. We've got time. so much. We, we we finished both of our movies this week, so <laughs> we have to spin the tale of Randy Cockfield and his guest house. You know, I, I realized the other day that I think I have I've called us a review podcast, but we're not because we don't review so much as like just summarize in detail what happens in movies. We're like a retelling podcast. Yeah, because no one's really gonna watch these movies. <laughs> yeah, the reviews are already in. Yeah. You can watch the reviews. I mean, is it also this like this movie is like something I would I wouldn't want anybody to watch. <laughs> I don't want I wouldn't watch I wouldn't watch Guest House. This with is my this yeah, this per- like- this particular batch of movies are neither good mood nor bad mood movies. No. So it's I guess where do we begin here? So. I think your 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 movie Guest House seems like it's geared towards retired frat boys who miss the frat life. Thirty year old, I would say thir- thirty year old, thirty year old frat boys who have had to change their lifestyle because, of course, they would have to. Yeah, and then and my movie, of- I don't think is a, I it doesn't I don't know exactly who my movie is intended for because yeah, they, they have to in order to make because, these movies they have to sell it right they have to sell they have to pitch the movie they have to sell it to somebody well i think that the, the my movie was sold both of our movies i think were sold on the the fading star power of the of the comedy um <laughs> icons in them people love I kinda, Chris I gotta be, people love they Polly are Shore. liked i think there are definitely enough people who like both of these like Pete, these stars to be like oh that you got them okay here's some money yeah i feel like it's they can't carry movies anymore that's probably true and and, and uh, that's i don't okay. know I think I think and to be um, to be fair, Chris Kattan's movie came out in 2012, and Polly Shore's movie came out. Yeah, last it's an year, older. So, so I'm mostly talking about Polly Shore when I like, uh, like I don't know if he he definitely was like. I I think I like I think Chris Kattan could function, um, function in a way that like Mike Myers had does now, whereas like he cannot carry a movie, but he can, he can be kind of a fun side character that pops up and is like oh oh yeah Yeah, he did kind of have that role in this movie guest house yeah but that wasn't i don't think he was being utilized to the to the full potential (laughs) no no no. and and if anything um i think that the the uh, movie i i had um crazy enough 
uh, it shows that he does have the ability to be serious sometimes. Like, some of those serious scenes, he played well. And was kind of... I, I felt bad for the guy. A uh, little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Not well, to the point that it, it terribly uh, invested me in in what was going to happen. No. All right, let's well, tell me what happens in your film, The Guest House. So it's Blake and Sarah, college sweethearts. Blake, former party animal. Sarah, a rich uh, socialite teacher. Get, teacher, and she's but she comes from a rich family or yeah, a she comes from family. Money. Yeah, and they get married after dating for three years, and they buy this million-dollar house in Los Angeles. More, way more. Millions of dollars. Millions and millions of dollars. Big house. Ten million. Beautiful yard. Ten million men. Yeah, it's something it's hard you'll... It's, it's a huge house. They are two people. It has a huge yard, a pool, and a guest house. Yeah. And it's also like a a cool looking house. Like it's doesn't it's look not a starter it's, house. Not a starter house. This is like a finisher. And this is uh, a finisher house. One of the weird things that caught my eye in this film is the choice of soundtrack to carry the movie. And to me, mm. I think I kind of figured it out. It's like this movie obviously didn't have the biggest budget to work with, so I think they just bought like the music on some. On, the, on like some website where you can buy like that. music, and then just like when they're the ha- I mean it, the house is nice. It couldn't have been cheap to shoot there. No, no, no. So I think that they chose to spend their money on like location, but when it came to the music, I feel in the editing, like they just said, "All right, just put this song here and that song there." Like it doesn't really match anything that's happening. It's just uh, strange choices, but yeah, they, they're kind of like it's kind of like goofball. Goofball yeah. music, you know? Uh, yeah, it's like to me, it feels like like commercial music. Like, yeah, hear this I agree. It's like it's like stuff that could be turned into jingles, yeah. uh, uh, but it's like they didn't write the words to it, so it's just playing over the part of like the Cialis commercial where they tell you all the awful things that could happen yeah. to you. Yeah. So they buy the house with the stipulation that there is somebody living in the guest house. He is going to move, and, and the the real estate agent introduces them, and it's Randy Cockfield, played by Polly Shore, in his drug den. He's fucking this big fat bitch in in this in this well, fuck swing in his house, going his guest for house. I mean, she is big, and he is. The whole <laughs> joke about him is that he loves fat chicks, which is more power to him. He loves he loves large women. Loves large women, and he does copious amounts of drugs. They're always they they were reassured that he was moving out at the end of the month, but little do they know that California has some strong. I thought it was in three months. Who knows how long it was? But California has some strong. There's a lot of time jumps in this movie. Incredible time jumps, but California has very strong squatter 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 rights laws. Because I think overall the movie ends up spanning like three years, right? Oh my god, yeah, because at the end it's... uh, Yeah, by the end there is a child. Yeah, a lot of time has passed. There's a child! So on the first night of their beautiful house, you know, Blake and Sarah are going to have some maritals. And they're awoken 
<laughs> to Polly Shore and his hippie friends doing ayahuasca right outside their window. <laughs> right outside their window. Classic. That's so Polly. And uh, just one of the first. Uh, I would say it's a series. This is the beginning of a series of Polly Shore uh, being annoying and uh, hindrance to their lifestyle. And the thing that really sets her off is the fact that he is asleep in the front of their house. That's what got Sarah really. Well, mad. yeah, that's that is strange. That was it. It wasn't the ayahuasca. It wasn't anything else. It was the well, because it, it had been, it had been, it had. There was already a time jump at that point, right? Uh, no, this is the next day after the ayahuasca. Right, but the ayahuasca is is because it takes them three months yeah. to actually move into the house. Yeah, but I, I think it's like the first time where they're actually like living there, living there. You know, like it's yeah, okay, like, yeah. yeah. But that that was like the first time jump is like yeah. three months from date of of agreeing to buy a house to uh, getting into the house. By the way, the dad, her dad, helps them get the house. Yeah, and we'll talk about her dad soon enough. So she goes to work, and I uh, hope so. Blake just hangs out with Randy Cockfield and gets high. And does a lot of drugs. And he right. smokes she, at him. He asks him to do one thing, and it's get rid of Randy Cockfield. Instead, he smokes out of his giant penis bong. I don't even say Every bong, time penis um, Blake seems to attempt to be a hard ass with Randy, he's like annoyed with himself. And is just like, man, I really just wish I could get high. And it's like, all right, just fucking do it. And they get high, and they seem to be forging a friendship. Yeah, and, they spend uh, a whole day doing drugs together. It ends with her getting mad at him because he's high <laughs> at night after she gets home. She's like, what did you do? He's like, I got high with Randy. And then she calls her dad, played by... Like, you know, that guy, he's not so bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> her dad is played by the great and powerful Billy Zane. Billy. Billy Zane of Twin Peaks fame. And nothing else. Titanic, would you say? Right? That's his other big No, movie. he's pretty big in Titanic, yeah. Um and he his is like a assassin or something? He's like a former special operations soldier for the United States military. Right, but he's got a lot of money, which is like Did he get that from the I don't know. Is he like a Deathstroke type? I would. You know what? That's a good question. You know what? I would. I would assume that he is a Deathstroke type. His wife is <laughs> seems like when we finally meet his wife, she seems super nice. Yeah. And then we Blake goes to work, and we find out. We figure out who Blake's boss is. It's oh, not other it? than Steve O. Stephen Onassis. Stephen Onassis. <laughs> that was his real name. Let me honest. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Stephen Onassis. Uh, so Steve O's playing uh, a like fantasy factory esque type of character. His <laughs> name like, is yeah, Shred. the caretaker of a fucking fantasy, fantasy factory. factory. 
His name's Shred. No, they have a skateboard company. They like design. Yeah, but that's what fans, electric that's what, that's what skateboards. That's what Rob, Rob Deerdeck is. That is really like, what they do at, at Rob Deerdeck's Fantasy well, Factory? Rob Deerdeck's like an entrepreneur. He's like a business. He actually does run a business out of that place. Or used to. I thought. Least. I thought it was just like a place for him to do fantasies. No, dude, he has like he's like a major entrepreneur. Like he's invested in a bunch of stuff. But he runs that out of the fantasy factory. Yeah, he has an office and stuff out of that. At least when uh, he that kind of ruins that kind of ruins it for me. I mean, they have fun in the fantasy factory, but you know, you no. Can't have but if it's also a place of business, it's well, that's your fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you wouldn't have an office at your fantasy factory. Yeah, in the back. <laughs> that's that's not is, part like, of the him. fantasy factory, though. That's I mean, the, he has that's a, the office. It's like in the second floor of the fantasy factory was his office. Mm, I don't like it. Okay. Well, I it, don't like mixing business Steve-O, with my fantasies. Steve-O does a lot of his own stunts in this, or like in it, like it looked like stunts he he does one stunt. <laughs> does he? I think he does. Doesn't he do two? No, he just like goes through a window. Yeah, he's right. He does go through a window. He he's he uh, rides. The rest of it is all weird physical stuff. It felt like very late stages of coke addiction. Nah, he's been sober for a long time. I know, but the acting feels like like when you look at people who are acting in the nineties because they're just getting off of coke and they're really intense now. Mm. I can see that. That's what it feels like. I don't know. I'm I'm sure he's. I mean. I'm sure that's the direction he was given, but God blame Sam Macaroni for this one. And also, there's this yeah, weird blame, character. I blame it on the macaroni. There's this weird character who works, and also Blake's office in the Fantasy Factory isn't an office. It's just like a bunch of like wood it's like planks. An open room. It's like an open room with just like a weird wall that's not a wall dividing it yeah, from the rest of the office. Where he twice almost has sex. Yes, at and there's work. this weird character and i don't know her name and i can't it's gonna be impossible to find her in the IMDb. i i i stand to wager eric that that is an unnamed character yeah and she, all her whole thing is that she wants to fuck blake in the office she knows he's married and like it's like something he looks like the possibility he's not he's not gonna do it obviously but it wouldn't it's not far from the reality that it's someday he would do it he has fucked her before yeah, I would assume before they got married. They have a history. Yeah. Right, because she's like one last time before you get married. And he's like, N-, but which doesn't make sense because he's already married at that point. She clearly is just a little out of the loop. Oh, no, they're not they're married because ma- they get engaged. married at the house, right? Yeah, they're, they're engaged. They're engaged. She wants to have one last office fuck. Before he's really married. Eric, you've had several jobs. Uh, would you ever feel comfortable having intercourse at any of your places of work? You know, Colin, that's funny you asked. I've been watching Seinfeld recently, and there has been a little okay. subplot line uh, that George has, George has fucked two people in two separate offices, and he lost one of his jobs due to fucking somebody at his job. Hmm. And the other time, it was just uh, he didn't get fired, but it was with the uh, New York Yankees. He had sex in his office, but he does have sex in his office. And I don't think I could know. That is funny. And it does successfully avoid the question. So I will be moving on now. Um, so they go. So they he comes home and they have a, they're having some sort of lovely dinner. Randy interrupts. 
and uh, kind of destroys the whole moment. He actually engage. He propo- he uh. He actually oh wait, proposes. wait, wait! Isn't because they're not engaged, right? No, they're moving in together. But you would seem they're engaged, but they're not. Because the dinner is for him to, to him. ask her to marry him, right? Yeah. So uh, he asks her to. Gosh, marry so much him. happens in this movie. Yeah. This this we get a whole chunk oh, of these people's relationship. So she asks him to, he asks her to marry him, and she says yes. And they go f- Skype in Billy Zane and his wife. Billy Zane does not like Blake. Oh, no, does not like Blake. He thinks Blake is a limp dick, uh, wuss type of uh, not he strong. He doesn't like that he works for a skateboarding company. Yeah, because he thinks skateboards are lame. What kind of man makes skating boards? I ask myself every day. <laughs> so all, at on the same night, Randy is throwing. Actually, not the same Anthony night. Six, Hawk might have an answer. So six months later, sorry, what? we we this is the next time. Loop. So we got another fucking jump. Yeah, yeah, because it's like it takes them six months to plan for the wedding, right? Yeah, because they're planning on having it at the house. So six months later, we're at. We're in the backyard, and Randy is throwing this huge party. It looks like it's his last party because he is moving out. So, it's his last party at his. At his I think place. we're meant to believe that, but like there, there's no actual evidence that that's what that is. Yeah. Later, he says that though. It was like supposed to be my last thing. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> So Randy, so Randy is. Uh, uh, but he says that when he gets caught by the cops, he doesn't. And I'm just gonna mention it. I haven't seen this much top nudity from several different women in a movie in a, ever. I don't think there's. So this is where the many, money went. This is where the money went. There are so many topless women at this. Party. It costs. It costs a lot of money to have an extended nude scene. This whole movie has an insane amount of topless nudity. Yeah, it's like, I think it's like a combined like full 12 minutes of like nudity. Yeah, it's it's pretty intense. Oof, and it's for probably short Not safe movie. for the little eyes. So, no way. Uh, sorry. Sorry, Junior. So going to have to check your ID on this one. So Sarah and Blake are about to go to bed and they hear the party going on and Sarah's like, go tell Randy to be quiet. He's like, okay, babe. And he goes outside and he sees a big party okay, babe, with all I the naked it. tits out on the he party. He can't help it. The can't frat boy is like, awakened in I him. I got a party now. You know, they say they can't party. Tiger can't party. change his stripes. Yeah, so he, uh, he takes one drink and then just leads to a montage of a party montage. Well, it's very, it's very Frank the Tank adjacent. Yeah, but badly done though. I I refrain from comment. <laughs> so I plead so, the fifth. So the the party is happening. It's just a montage of just topless girls. Have we gone to any of your Saving Silvermans yet? No, but we're about to hit one. Okay. Uh. They blow We're up a good a hour into this movie at this point, right? We are 30 minutes in. Oh my god! <laughs> fucking so much fucking bullshit. 
So the party is wild and the cops are called and who who shows up? Montez himself, Eric Griffin, Griffin with Griffin. Uh, shows funny guy. Up. Funny. I love him. Yeah, he's a great. You know, I'm bummed. I haven't seen him in more stuff since the end of Workaholics. I know he was on um, I'm Dying Up Here. Yeah, and he, I still yeah. will watch that someday. I just don't have that particular streaming service. He's uh, he's in a couple stuff coming up. He seems like a funny guy. Oh, he. I think he's in. Oh yeah, he's in the uh, the uh, Workaholics movie that they're making. They're making. That a they're work- they're making a Workaholics movie. Yeah, they're making a Workaholics movie. Is it the one that they made just that just no. has the workaholics guys no, in it? The game workah- over, bro. No, it's an actual workaholics movie. Has it been long enough for them to do that? I don't know, but I feel like it, the people who did watch that show religiously are at a good age group to capitalize on a movie. They seem like they might be the kind of target like the target audience for this type of movie too. For <sighs> guest house. Yeah, but you can't like, like the workaholics guys. Guesthouse makes workaholics look like like a piece of art that should be hung on a wall. Well, if Guesthouse had had the like the workaholics guys working on it, I think it would at least be ten percent better. If you replace Polly Shore with any of the workaholics guys and Blake yeah, with any of the absolutely other, any of the work, workaholics guys, then yeah. Or or Blake, I think they probably wanted I, I guarantee you they probably went to all of the workaholics guys to play Adam Blake. Adam Devine was definitely contacted. He's named all. Blake. Yeah. <laughs> they went to Blake. They went to Blake. <laughs> yeah, he turned them down hard. And Blake said, no, thank you. Which he, he's right. And they're like, well, we right named the character you. after you. And he's like, still? <laughs> no, thank you. That's fine. But anyways, Montez shows up. And he immediately hits it off with Polly Shore. Polly Shore is like, hey, well, he, man, the, the cops were called because they blew, they they blew, blew up blew a gazebo, gazebo with up. fireworks. They blew a gazebo up with fireworks. And the cops were called. And uh, Polly Shore immediately runs interference to the cop, trying immediately like placing blame on Blake, the homeowner. Like, hey man, I just live here in the back, and like, I'm they, moving. Not even for that long. I'm moving out. Yeah, moving out. And he's like, they they hit, they become best friends, pretty much. Uh, I feel like uh, it, it. It always felt like Polly Shore was kind of riffing in a way that, like, the other people in the scene weren't sure if he was gonna hit the the plot points that he needed to. Yeah. And so they're like along for the ride, but there is something that this that does need to be said at some point, and we're not sure if we're gonna get it. Yeah, not great, not great. But Blake comes out and he immediately gets arrested by Montez. He's by Montez. Puts him in handcuffs and takes him to jail. And then we get to my other saving Silverman, Lou Ferrigno. Lou, lose one of your, your faves. Gotta admit, I love seeing that. They let big Lou guy. riff for sure. Oh, yeah. He Blue plays a strange character. I don't think I've Which ever seen Which like explains why Lou Lou's character continually hits a lot of the same notes because I think they're like, all right, Lou, riff it up. And he's like, I only know the one thing. Yeah, like his whole thing is that he's like he likes weirdly kisses. he loves like blowing kisses and being weirdly aggressive, but also like And he like also he likes mean. acting like the prison is a hotel. Yeah, that's his thing. That's his joke. That's his joke throughout the whole movie. That's his joke singular. 
And he, and he does, he gets to tell it four times. So when Sarah wakes up, she goes to the backyard and she sees a bunch of dicks everywhere. Like dicks made out of logs, dicks drawn in the grass, dicks made with plastic cups. Made and she out has of an uh, red cups. Breakdown. Yeah. And they, oh, she's devastated. devastated. How do you recover from something like that, Eric? Who knows at this point? And she her and day's ruined. It even, and God forbid she has to pick up something off the ground. Am I right? I mean, folks? I get that it's probably in. It's like inconvenient. It's not and like it's like not like it's spray painted anywhere. It's not. It's just stuff you can just pick up. Right. It's, like, it's nothing permanent. But it, it. I can. I can understand being flummoxed by it. But I cannot understand like being like the yard is ruined. You ruined, you ruined it. There's no way we're going to fix it. We um, can't have the wedding back here. There's a, a a a paper cup outline of a dick over there. So Blake gets bailed out on uh gets bailed out from prison, comes home and immediately confronts Randy and Randy shows uh Sarah the video of him blowing up the gazebo with the fireworks. And then Blake punches Randy which equals the he beginning hard. of the guest house wars, as we all know. I think he says this is war when he gets arrested. Oh no, because he does get so he gets arrested after he punches him. Yeah. So he gets arrested again, and then he gets a uh, a, a restraining order of a hundred feet or something. And yeah. Montez comes back and he puts him in. He handcuffs and takes him to jail. Same routine. Same ban- weird banter between Montez and Polly Shore. And yeah, it's a it's a uh, and then he weird gets energy. Out of weird energy. We we just do the whole jail thing again. We just did it and now we're doing it again. So now, yeah. the, as I said, the guest. Who who would you rather hang out with, uh, Polly Shore or Montez or um, uh, gosh Griffin, Mister Griffin? Oh, Mister Griffin for sure. He's in. Me too. Easy easy choice to make. All right, well, all right. Same choice between Griffin and Lou Ferrigno. Oh, Griffin all the way. I think it's still Griffin for me as well. So. The guest wars begin, and the first act of war from Blake is he shuts off uh, Randy's power. But and this is also another saving Silverman. Power. Uh, Bobby Lee is in this movie. He appeared in the party scene, but his he didn't really have like an uh, an entrance or how you say like he wasn't really. It was just like oh, and here's this guy making stuff on yeah. a shopping cart. And now, yeah, he but didn't now. Really- Oh, but now he's mean. it's a solo hangout with just uh Polly Shore and uh Bobby Lee. Right. They do have it. <laughs> that a, feels like it wasn't even like a scene. So it was I, just I said, like him asking if he could leave. <laughs> so the only reason Bobby Lee did this and uh he said this on his podcast many times, he didn't want to do this. He re- he drunk his feet. The only reason he did this because he does owe Polly Shore like everything. As far as like he was the first one to take him on tour as an opener, his mom put uh, made Bobby a regular at the comedy store, so he owes a lot to them, and so he feels indebted to Polly Shore and his, the Shore family. 
and his character was not his uh, is named Benny, but it is uh, was originally Dumpling. The, he had to fight tooth and nail to get that changed. <laughs> so he's in the movie. Yeah. And uh, the, the funny scene is that when he's like, they he turns off the power, but then uh, Pauly Shore has a generator and Bobby Lee is naked <laughs> outside trying to turn on the generator. And uh, that is a saving silver. I like the my my high point is the scene before where it seems like Bobby Lee is being forced to hang out with this guy yeah. he doesn't want to hang out with. Yeah, and it's constantly like, all right, I'll do another thing. It's like, all right, can I go? And it's like, no, man, we're gonna hang out. And it's like, all right, because uh, I, I I've definitely like been in that situation where it's like. I clearly you are just like a lonely person, and I don't want like I feel bad, but I also really want to go. So the next morning, I Randy, Bobby, I think Bobby plays that really well. Randy sneaks into the main house and takes a syringe and puts something oh, in God. the water bottles in the refrigerator. And this is my low point. This series of scenes. So. The next series of scenes, we're like wondering what was in the syringe. We true to find out that it was Molly and they and Blake and Sarah start acting really weird at work. Like Blake is sweating. He's overly they're both overly horny at some point. They both very horny. They both come close to fucking two people, one of which for Blake was a office girl from the office uh, at the office. Like he goes he goes pretty far with her. I mean, he. He did everything, but he did everything, but stick he gets it in. caught. The reason yeah. I think he doesn't fuck her is because he gets caught by Steve-O for yeah. a second time. So Sarah is at home. She's like getting all hot and bothered. And uh, who who uh, who else? But Chris Kattan rings Ooh, a doorbell indeed. who's playing a delivery person. <laughs> a <laughs> delivery n- mentally. A stunt. If it, if it's feel, it's like a man Stunted. who has the mind of a twelve-year-old or a eight-year-old, like like that. Yeah, a very child mind type person. And she he opens that, the door and she like starts kissing him. He's like, into this. And he was like, oh my god, this is happening. And he says, and uh, and boy, oh boy, does she take it pretty far? And he's like, at first he likes it, but by the end of it, he's like not into it, it anymore. Keeps going. <laughs> it does. He like screams. He's like, I gotta go deliver packages. <laughs> god. Oh my god. It just keeps going. So they both so uh Blake finds out, like he realizes that he's like on Molly and he calls Sarah and he tells her and then she kinda realizes it. And then he drives all the way home and then they fuck. Sarah and Blake fuck. That is the nice. end of that scene. And they wake up in the middle of the house naked. I mean, in, a, uh, in the outside, in the, in the front, front of the house, in the front yard, naked. It's fucking hot, man. And the next scene, Blake gets fired. Steve walks in and tells him, "You're done. You didn't follow Proto." And uh, fired. And then this Fire is, Reno. and this is a. Uh, Blake gets really mad, and then he devises his most sinister plan yet on how to get rid of Polly Shore. He bug bombs his whole house his whole guest house while he's mm. sleeping inside attempted murder attempted murder although to be fair he was drugged by this person which he doesn't know like yeah. what that is 
So, and he doesn't know how he's going to react to Molly. No. So when Polly Shore get, wake figures out that he's in the bug house, he uh comes out and he's covered in like the dust and he shits and farts and comes all at once. Yep, he farts and comes. <laughs> I would I'm surprised this I isn't think your he low shits point. His pants. He shits and he gets like an erection. And this I think I'm going to keep in the series. This is like there's a low there's a low there's a, a low valley that this is staying in for me. <laughs> this is a, Yeah, and then he throws up and he passes out, then it's the next scene of and then oh my god, Colton, do you remember like He wanders into the street. <laughs> he and then into while the he's street. gone, while he's gone, he pulled the uh, Blake pulls all his stuff out. He does, but do you remember the when he's walking into the street? How like this one scene of him walking out to the street is like in slow motion with this dramatic music playing. Yeah, like it's supposed to be it's in like reference the, it's to like something. The, it's like the death from from Platoon, where where uh, yeah. the foe gets like shot a bunch of times, but it's just like Polly Shore wandering into the street, street covered in fucking at, bug so dust. out of place, vomit all over him. So yeah. then Blake does gross. take all the shit out, and then Who's the next. Foul? Next night they have their uh, what is it the dinner that they do before the it's wedding like an engagement party or yeah. a, a rehearsal, rehearsal dinner rehearsal dinner with everybody and uh, we meet all of all of Blake's all of the old fam- shithead, uh, shithead shithead friends all is an old Rat Pack and for some reason Sarah's ex boyfriend is there too which yeah, don't. I don't know why that is but he's there. they don't. Was he friends with Blake? He doesn't appear to be friends with Blake. But they, remember there was that weird montage at the beginning of them at yeah. like parties and she steals her from this guy? Yeah. Yeah. Were they friends? I don't know. So Who cares? at this party, Polly Shore sneaks up and he has uh, kidnapped this possum and injected it and fed it drugs to where it's a crazy possum. Flocka! Flocka and the Flocka possum, and it just terrorizes the whole thing. It is a half puppet, half CGI possum. You know what? I'm changing my high point to Flocka to the Flocka possum. Yeah, Flocka possum is a good part of the movie. The Flocka possum scene is funny. I laughed at the Flocka possum scene. Yeah, they did a. I'm glad that they didn't go full CGI because the CGI did look bad, but the puppet was fine. The puppet was scary. Yeah. I like the puppet. <laughs> I like also, I like that the only the the only involvement that Polly Shore has in this scene is him going, "Flock a possum." He just lets it loose, and like that's the that's going to be the comedy for a little bit, and it is. It's very funny. So the next scene is the Blake and Sarah at the hospital with two of their friends. Right, because it bites their injured. fucking friend in the throat. Yeah, in the throat, and they're like, "We're still going on with the wedding." He's like, "What?" He's like, I can't go anymore. He's like, yeah, it's okay, buddy. And he's like, he's on death's door, poor guy. And then well, we're the at wife the... is like, I don't like, I don't think we should do this. And yeah. and Blake is like, no, he knows he went too far. He won't be, he won't come around for the wedding. So then we, where next scene is the wedding, and the yeah, baby, f- love is in the air. Love is in the air, and it's the it's officiated by Felipe Esparza. Now I didn't understand what his bit was. <laughs> Had the dad paid him? I don't know. I don't know why because he, was he kept there. trying 
to like don't do this man tell that both of them not to get married to each other you know it was a weird weird bit they didn't really explain it i didn't like it so i didn't like it not good they get Sorry married they do the i, I do i hope they, it's better for your part uh they they do the i do's exchange the kiss of a thousand years the ring the kiss of a thousand and then they begin the reception. And at the reception, we start to see we see Bobby Lee and one and another friend of Polly Shores handing out over doors. No one notices this. It's incredible that no one noticed. Or doors. And yeah, uh, which is weird because Blake had seen them both before and like yeah. talked to them. Before he was fucked up too. It was like it was during his sober part of the party. Yeah, it was like when he first comes out. Yeah. yeah. So the party is going on and slowly people start acting really weird and uh Rodney drugged the whole all the food at the party and you I remember you laughing at this scene. The dad stands up, they give a toast, and the mom starts sucking on his fingers while she's giving while he's giving the toast. She's horny, she's on Molly. It's yeah, funny. And she wants it's to fuck. pretty funny. And she's like, but she's on like his such fingers. a suburban like like trophy wife, and she's just like, I love my husband. And she's like, I wanna fuck my husband. It's funny. It's Billy Zane's trying to give like a very serious speech while this woman's sucking on his thumb. <laughs> And the party just gets crazy. It just uh, de- turns to departure. Everybody's drugged up, and Sarah's having a breakdown. Like her whole marriage is a lot ruined. of a lot of uh, old people on drugs, which is yeah. always funny. More, uh, more frugal frontal nudity. A lot of it. A lot of it. Um, they start partying and. Oh my god! And then, like, Polly Shore somehow they get arrested. Like, tr- they both get arrested. Well, yeah, no, no. But the Polly Shore gets like he drops out of the ceiling. He's been living in the attic this whole time. Right. Yeah. He drops out of the ceiling. The Blake finds him. Why do they, they both get arrested though? Because I think they both they're fighting, and he he did drug them. So I guess that was. So it's his fault yeah. too. Yeah. So there's a huge fight scene between Blake and Polly Shore. So a lot of. This movie uses a lot of like these slow right. mo cams. <laughs> and then Billy Zane comes and just punches Blake. Yeah, they they use like a like a high like a like high frame rate camera to capture these slow mo moments to make it. More oh action-y. yeah, they do do that a lot. Yeah, and they also know. destroy the house. Like the whole the house kind of just the party destroys the house. It eventually moves inside, and it's not good. Not good. They both they do both end Not up in jail, good. and they kind of go their separate ways after that. I mean, she uh, Sarah kind of like is calls it the whole thing off. They get separated. Yeah, uh, they were, which is say so divorce, weird because like them. they're already married. Like you did it. Then we fast forward some time. I'm not sure how long, but I would say it's, I would say a couple months, several months, and the realtor and it turns out Sarah's pregnant. And she's having the baby. And uh, they're both separated at this point. But they get a call from the realtor. To right. They separated. The and, like she decides to leave him and tell him that she's pregnant, like yeah. within the same sentence. Yeah. And 
they meet at the uh, house because the realtor called them separately. They didn't know that each of them were going to be there. And then they figure out they that they, they've been parent trapped by Polly Shore. Sure enough. And Polly Shore's like, look, guys, I want you guys to have this house. He's like, I sold. This is like the, the most normal, like he has sounded the whole movie. Yeah. He's like, look, he's like, he, 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 like, we should have known this from the beginning, but this, this house was his family's house. And that's why he lived in the guest house. Cause like his parents right. passed away, they left him the house and he's been like renting it out. to. People he also to like money. has a lot of artifacts throughout the movie and he sells them and it turns out they're all very valuable. They're all real and valuable. Like he sells Napoleon's, he has like Napoleon's hat. Yeah. And it like, he becomes a millionaire. And he's like, look, you guys should Which be is great. I'm really glad it worked out for Polly Shore's shithead character. Randy Cockfield works out for Randy Cockfield. And he renovated the house. He fixed it all up. And he's like, I want you guys to live here. You know, like, I want a family to live here. And he's and they're like, OK, I guess. Yeah, this logic together. is like, it's like, OK. And they get back together and they have a family. And they have a kid and. He turned the guest house into, into a, a baby. Which seems extremely room. inconvenient, right? Doesn't make sense. You're not going <laughs> to stick the baby in the guest house. Yeah, right. So then what they have. He, what if he cries? They have the baby, and that's the end of the movie. Uh, Polly Shore calls them Leia. from a boat where he's hanging out with uh, Griffin. And uh, is like, hey, I'm coming to visit. And they're like, oh, hell no. And that's how the movie ends. Yeah. That is the guest house. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what would you do to make this movie better for you? I think in the beginning of the movie, they should have outlined Pauly Shore's motives of why he is like the way he was like some sort yeah. of like letting us know that, oh, this was his family's house. That's why he's doing this. Yeah. And I think if throughout he had like been a more troubled character um, with like or, or like if it was more clear that like this, this was like a facade he was putting on and he was actually just like pretty bummed about his dead family <laughs> yeah. i don't know it could have had i mean i don't think it would have i i don't know how much it would have changed it but it would you could have had that like uh planes trains and automobiles moment when you like realize like oh this person is sad yeah but for sure i think there was plenty of moments to, like make Polly shore somewhat of a sympathetic character but we never right really get to yeah know there him. were there were plenty of opportunities for to get us on his side and they were just like i think maybe purposefully we're like no i don't think we want that yeah. well colton before we move on to your movie i have to take a pee is that okay you have to what i have to pee okay do you want me to keep recording or yes, just keep recording all right you have to promise me you're gonna cut it out so now we come to me, the lowly man in the bushes. I think and you're I just have... crazy enough to tackle this. What's that? I think you're just crazy enough to I'm tackle this. I'm the only... I'm barely crazy. I'm just crazy enough. Uh, which brings me to the first point I want to make about the movie is that it does have two titles. Uh, crazy Enough and Just Crazy Enough. So, cool. This is a 2012, uh, 
independently created movie. Um, it stars Chris Kattan and Chris Kattan. Uh, that's right. Chris Kattan's finally playing twins. Um, all the other actors are not people that I think you, you all would recognize, but, uh, how I'm going to, there's not really a good summary of this out there. So I'm going to go mostly off of memory, baby, and probably try and keep it short. Uh, this is a movie, uh, as um, as you could probably even see from the opening cartoon, if, if I recall correctly, about two twin brothers, and one of them just ain't right. <laughs> <laughs> and so that one is thrown in the trash. Uh, trash basically... Baby. One of the these brothers, the, these brothers are separated at birth, and one of them uh, grows up completely within a mental institution, and the other one grows up to be a kind of pushover psychiatrist who has a kind of uh, boring family life. Um, but we do know that. Uh, Dr. Catan is somehow connected with a congressperson, right? Or a mayor? Some kind of political figure who is using his uh, position as a psychiatrist to keep his daughter, his his His. illegitimate (laughs) daughter... His in daughter a, in, locked up in a in the same mental institution as um as Crazy Catan. Uh, crazy. Crazy Catan and Dr. Catan are not aware of each other. Uh we do not ever see a parent situation from them. We I we are never really at any point explained how that came to be. But we just got to believe it. These two are twins, and that's just how it's got to be. Um, so, similar to, to your your film, uh, Guest House, Crazy Enough has some real choices with the soundtrack. Um, where they do have a lot of, like, I think music that they probably pulled from, like, royalty-free stuff, um, and then they have stuff that it feels like maybe they just, like, had a buddy who was making some stuff. Oh, my God. And I love that, those moments. It's, it's very, if people haven't seen it, but very Greasy Strangler-esque of, like, Yes, that's, that's, um, yes, the, the, the theme that is played during the mental hospital scenes is all Greasy Strangler-esque, like, synths, where it's just, like, It's and it's it's like designed to be. I think it's just like, oh, don't you feel crazy listening to this? And it's like, yeah, crazy enough. Um, and so that's one of my saving Silvermans is the Greasy Strangler Mental Hospital soundtrack. Um, but my, another one of my saving Silvermans is that this movie uh, feels like an episode of Scrubs, but looks like an episode of House. Uh, so it, it is, there are all these kind of like dark filters throughout the movie. 
um, that kind of it looks like a, an episode of of like a procedural. Um, but every, there's all these moments that are every so often like you know played for. There's not a, there's not a lot of jokes per se in this movie. It's um like they're not even like really swinging for anything. Um, they kind of set up some stuff like. I feels like each one of the mental patients they introduce is supposed to. They're set up in a way that these are supposed to be funny because each one of them is uh, defined so by like a single aspect of themselves. And yeah, none of them stand out terribly. There, uh, let me go off memory here. There is the the girl who is there is the daughter of the governor and is completely normal. There's nothing yeah. different abnormal about her at all and it's weird that they're uh, keeping her there uh chris Catan's roommate is a guy who just pretends that everything he reads is true cool god he was the um, worst. and he roommate. talks a lot he His talks a lot of like he monologues constantly about book characters and it's uh, just that's my it's not very funny it's not I, it's supposed to be like, ah, oh, this guy thinks Tom Sawyer's real. And it's like, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, and then there's a guy who thinks that he works at the mental hospital, but is a patient and is a conspiracy theorist. And then there is a tall guy. That is his thing, is he's tall. I am Um. I think there's a woman and she doesn't really have a thing. We don't get to see her thing. Okay, so what happens is basically it's the it's the day of of this young girl's release from the mental institution because she's 17 turning 18 and once she turns 18 she can leave of her own free will. Um but this governor has hired Chris Catan to come in and and sign a paper that will keep her there, um, and he does so blindly. I assume because he gets money from her. Him, it's not clear what the dynamic is there. Um, uh, the institution itself is run by a "Don't Tread on Me" MAGA guy. Um, inexplicable what his deal is other than being very angry uh at all times so when when dr katan comes to the the mental hospital he gets splashed by a big muddy puddle and uh asks if he can change in the bathroom and decides to take a full shower um and while that's going on Crazy Catan sneaks in and sees his wallet and sees his license and it's it's his picture and that's crazy. That's crazy. He no, you, doesn't even what? blink, dude. Does not even blink. Without hesitation, decides to steal this man's. We <laughs> doesn't even think about it. <laughs> he puts his clothes on and he leaves and he leaves Let's immediately. Go. Goes. And- Gets in the car. He's never um, driven a car before. And so, hey. of course, Doctor Catan is institutionalized, and he's like, "No, you don't understand. I'm a doctor." And they're like, "Oh, of course you are, Crazy Catan." And yesterday you were a janitor, and the day before that you 
or a professional wrestler or some shit like that. And he's like, oh, what's this? Ugh. So he does get kind of uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest, I guess. No, it's not. It's the, the situation is not comparable in any way. Um, so meanwhile, Crazy Catan is out in the world trying to go through Dr. Catan's life. And he's got a grocery list that Dr. Catan's wife needs because she has a burgeoning business selling granola power bars to local businesses out of her own kitchen. Makes no sense. Um, uh, Dr. Catan and his wife are clearly going through problems because Dr. Catan is staying in the guest house. We can't make this shit up, folks. Um, we didn't even do this on it's purpose. It's connected. <laughs> it's all connected, baby. One love. One love. Uh, and so, uh, I guess the thing with Crazy Catan is he's not. He's doing an all right job for someone who's lived in an institution his whole life and doesn't understand how the world works. But he's able to kind of, he goes to the grocery store and, you know, he feels his way through it. And there's a couple of faux pas, but nothing like, nothing so damaging that like, he's like, this man should be locked up. Uh, he's able to kind of make it work. He gets what he, he gets what's on the list. Um, and there's like moments that are played for comedy that I, I'm, I'm sorry to say don't land terribly well. Um. Uh, well, and that's partially because there is a weird soundtrack over it all and it's also lit like an insanely dramatic thing yeah um so he gets back to his wife who is dissatisfied with the job he has done um getting the groceries one of my favorite lines is when she calls him at the grocery store and she's like, what is taking so long? And he's like, I'm so sorry. Am I taking a long time? I don't know how long these things are supposed to take. I, 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 I'm just doing my best. And it's like such like a genuine read of that line that I was like, oh, Chris. And I liked that. And so, um, so Chris, Crazy Catan is, is trying desperately to understand the life of Dr. Catan and just wants to kind of appease the family. He wants to be like a good family man. And his wife is just pissed at him because I think she's just kind of mad for other reasons and seems like she's taking on this granola business as an escape from, from whatever's going on with Dr. Catan. We don't really get to figure that part out. Um, and, and Crazy Catan, it turns he's actually a pretty good dad. <laughs> Crazy Catan's he, nice guy. you know, he's fun. He he has a food fight like after his wife is like these groceries suck. He's like, all right, fine. And he has a food fight with his son, and they bond, and they're like having a good time. And then um, his daughter has a crush on a, a guy, and he he picks up on that, and he's like, all right, I'll have him the dinner. And so he invites that guy over. It turns out it was the wrong guy, and he is he's super apologetic when that comes up. And she's like, no, you don't understand. This guy, it's this guy, and he wants me to go on his scooter. And he's like, that's fine. I think you're you can do that. Wear a helmet. Wear it's a helmet. like 
Yeah, he's not like a broken person. I don't know why he's he's not dangerous. He's not a danger to himself. He just needs to have things explained to him a little bit, and I think he'll be fine. It's weird that they just kept him in that mental hospital. Yeah, like who was keeping him there? <laughs> well, I guess he was because just his like, dad that's isn't his, whole life. his dad isn't like a congressman. No, but I guess he's just been there his whole life. Yeah, if there's any prattle on, on sometimes his eyes go cross-eyed. Is that it? <laughs> that what makes the man crazy. That puts you in the institute. That puts you in the booby hatch. Um. So the 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 kind of converging storylines are that Doctor Catan is constantly trying to put together a plan to break out of the mental institution. Um. He assembles a ragtag team of mental irregulars who are all weird stereotypes that suck. Um, and then he figures out that the, the, the girl that he's been like signing papers to get like kept, keep her here this whole time is actually like, I don't know. It was being kept there against her will and is fine. <laughs> and she so, but meanwhile, fine. on the outside, Crazy Catan is like bonding with the family and is also breaking into the governor's office so he can figure out like what what he is doing. Like, why is he keeping? And we don't really get to figure out what that's what that's all about. But he has the information. Like, I don't at any point in this no in movie understand why the governor wants to keep this girl locked up. Um, at all. No, there's never a point. Even when they, like, come face to face. It's never like, is it because he did it once and now he just has to do it forever? I don't. Don't really say. They don't say at all. I don't get it. I don't really get it. Anyways, so basically, um, there's a convergence. Um, there's a point where where uh, Chris Catan, Crazy Catan is being helpful, is being a good husband, is being a good father to a point where he like helps get like really help get the granola business going and help the mom not have to deal with so much of it. And be a good dad and make sure the kids are happy to a point where the 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 uh, the wife is like, you know what? You've been really stepping up. I, I, I would love to have you come back and live in the house with us. And he's like, I think that's the point where he's like, OK, I can't. And so he the next day is like admits to the family. He's like, I am not this person. I am from the mental institution. I don't know what to do next. Maybe we should call them. <laughs> I don't Your know husband is do. in there. I don't know what to do. Please help. Because yeah, that's that's another weird, genuine scene where he's like, I'm like, he's coming clean about like what he's done, um, and, and then he's like, look, I, I got, I just want to give you what the information that I have and let you know that I, I don't know what to do next. Uh, th- this was not like a plan that I had. And so they kind of make the exchange. They get him out. He's already breaking out. He's already mid-breakout when they get him out. 
And then they go and confront the governor who is about to announce that he's running for president. Is <laughs> no, that why no, they I were keeping governor? I think it was governor. All right. So he was mayor. <laughs> he was like a, a government official. Yes. Um. Yeah. So during the breakout scene, there is um. There's a scene where uh, a cleaning woman comes into the mental facility, uh, and and has a radio playing one of the the songs that I was that was like clearly like oh a friend is making this and I thought it was very fun. It's a song called Kitty Cat Town. Oh, Kitty Cat Town. <laughs> and it's one of my saving Silverman's. And uh, it goes like this. It's like Kitty Cat Town. Kitty cat town. Kitty cat town. <laughs> and it plays like for like this. a full two minutes. <laughs> and it goes a little something It like goes that. a little something like this. Uh, man. Ah, I want to see if I can find it in the movie. Um, do you remember the, the supermarket scene where there is just inexplicably a cashier that refuses to speak English to cr- Crazy Catan? Yes, yes, I do remember that. Yes, she was like, but she had a Bluetooth. It's like, why you're making? She had a Bluetooth on. She was not wearing the same uniform as everyone else. She was wearing like a salsa dress. It seemed, I don't know, it seemed to burge on ludicrous racism. She seemed like she was the top hen in the coop. Oh, remember? uh, Do you remember the the crazy Catan saves the sun from drowning? He saved. Oh yes, yes. He yeah, because the sun goes out with on the on a platform boat with a telescope. The sun is very into science, and nobody wants to listen to him bullshit about it. No, they just kind of just like nudge him along. Get on. Yeah, here. I don't know. It's it's there. There's nothing of consequence really in the movie. Um, everything's got an odd energy. Um. Oh, it turns out, oh, m- remember the daughter? She wanted to go on that scooter ride with that boy. Turns out that boy's not a good boy. And she she comes she's, she's comes back to the house in a huff. And that uh, the boy's being like, hey, you're, wh- what's the big deal? And Chris Kattan, Crazy Catan is instantly, like, defensive of the daughter. He's like, you get away from her! You get away from her! And he, <laughs> he like, tries to size up this, this, like, 12-year-old boy who's as big as he is. Uh, that was funny. Um, not as funny as Kitty Cat Town, though. Kitty Cat Town. Look it up. It's a funny, funny song. Uh, so let's get back to the end of the movie so that we can wrap this thing up. So they confront the governor. Um, there is a scene where the two brothers meet for the first time. And it's, you know, it's, they can't share a screen, obviously. (laughs) They didn't have the budget for that. So this it's like cross-cutting between two guys that don't look at each other. This is <laughs> my don't high look point. like each other. <laughs> it's pretty funny. And of course, the plan involves them splitting up. So we can't, we they... Split up. You think that way, I'll think this way. <gasps> oh, I think I have Kitty Cat Town. No, I don't. Sorry. I don't know where it is. I don't know where it is in the movie, but I did write it down as one of my highlights. Uh, anyways, um, they, I don't understand the plan. (laughs) They get the, I think I found it. They confront the governor while he has a hot mic and he's like, I don't, 
that stupid girl that's locked up at that that I locked up in that institution. And it's like, I don't know. His constituents are like, what about family values? And it's like, and he gets booed off stage, essentially <laughs> not arrested. Family um, values. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at the scene where he tries to sneak into the mayor's office and the guy's like, I've never seen you before. And he's like trying to do the story thing. And it's like going pretty well. And then he's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I got to get to work. I got to get to work. And then he just like puts a hand on his shoulder and is like, I got to get to work. And it's it's pretty funny. That's a funny scene. Uh, not all of them are like that. So more of that, please. Uh, but the mayor is exposed for being a bad man. Um, uh, it, it is assumed that... Doctor, uh, Doctor Catan is going to get Crazy Catan out of the institute to come live with them. They're going to be a family, uh, and everything's going to be okay. Um, oh God, I think all end. of the other guys that broke out have to go back. There's a yeah. It ends with the same animation. No, but it um, just like it cuts to it. They're like, okay, let's go meet up with uh with uh what's Crazy Katan's name? Oh yeah, yeah. Because they they like have like a last conversation with like the nurse that has been chasing them the whole time. Yeah, like they it's like um, Doctor Katan and his wife are like having a conversation, and then they the nurse comes up and goes like, oh, I'm glad you get to figure it out. I was like. Oh, let's go meet uh, Crazy Katan over there. And then just cuts the... Here we go. Dr. Mulberry, I'm so sorry. You're going to have to find an attorney. It was a mistake. I had no way of worrying. Not for you. I have a brother, and I'm going to make it official. Well, you know what the book says. Ah, the heck with the book. Let's go meet that brother. It's like, (laughs) they've met. (laughs) What is... And then, yeah, quick cuts to this weird, like... Ugh. It stinks. Uh, the mayor goes to jail. I guess that's the low point for me. Is the ending? Yeah, the ending's not great. Um, but how can you match the high of Kitty Cat Town? You know. certainly would struggle. <laughs> Anyone would. Yes. Uh, so I think that's it for me, and that's it for just crazy enough. Um, an offensive movie about mental health. <sighs> now, Colton, it's time for us to spin the wheel. It certainly is, and I have, I have, uh, I have perfected the wheel a little bit. So let's let's spin this sucker. I'm gonna spin it right now. Let's we're gonna do your uh, your movie first. Okay. All right, Spooky. We're spinning, baby. Spinning, spinning. And you this week will be watching the film. Don Peyote. Have you heard of this movie? Don Peyote. Don Peyote. It is a um it is a movie. It is a movie. <laughs> it has the guy from Balls of Fury. The main guy? And Topher Grace, the main guy. Ah, Topher Grace. I can't remember his name. But he is a guy. He is a guy that I inexplicably do like. 
Uh, so you'll be watching Don Peyote. Man, Don Peyote. What's that guy's name? Did you look him up? Hold on, I'm looking it up now. What year did this come out? Do you know? Uh, 2014, maybe? I don't know. Uh, see you know it. how to spell peyote? Yeah, I found it. Uh, oh, my it's God. Spelled peyote. This movie looks uh, guest house worthy. The man you're referring to looks is interesting. Dan Fogler. Dan Fogler. Thank you, Dan Fogler. I like Dan Fogler, and I don't know why. His face. I have no reason to. His face. I mean, did you like Balls of Fury? Kind of. I, I haven't seen it since theaters, but I enjoyed it as a yeah. tween. I got it. I was right there with you. All right. All right what's so your punishment I've... if you if you do not survive Don Peyote's Reign of Terror? <gasps> Coach. Coach is on this? I Coach don't... is like a good TV show. You said put it on the wheel. Well, that that one's on me then. It's on you. <laughs> so we'll be watching Coach, I guess. <laughs> You have to you have to do the research and see if there's an episode of Coach that deals with mental health. <laughs> okay, I'll look it up. All right, I'm gonna spin for me now. All right, uh, I will be watching the film. Shakes the clown. Oh, Shakes no. the clown, a Bobcat Goldthwait movie. Where he plays a clown. I've seen this poster. You've seen Shakes the Clown? I've never seen the movie, but I've seen this poster. I was going to say, is it good? <laughs> I've seen this poster. Okay, well, a All ringing right. endorsement if I've ever heard one. I can hear clown feet coming up the stairs now. Oh, no, don't bring him back. Don't bring him back. We have to spin my punishment wheel, please. Right. Let's spin this before he comes. Oh, your punishment oh, will God, be... Oh, God, he heard us talking about clowns. Oh, my Friends. God. Oh, my God. Spooky, he's right behind you. Friends? Friends is your punishment. An episode <laughs> of Friends. We'll find an episode of Mental Health with... with uh... That's a punishment for me, but I feel like for a lot of people, that would be an easy choice to make. Oh, God. Oh, God, he's here. Oh, God. Hello? Hello? What's your name, sir? Look, I used to know Shakes the Clown. Shakes. Hello? We love Shakes. Oh, God. There's nothing scarier than a clown breaking hey. in and out. Look! You hired me on Fiverr. You hired me. So I, I hired you a uh, sight unseen, but you know, the sight well, is I unseeable. I gotta, I gotta close up the show. I gotta do my last. Can, can you I, close I gotta... up the show? We're running a little so long. Wait, 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 wait. What are the movies you have to watch for next week? You sound a little different than before. What are the movies? What are the movies? <laughs> what are the movies? <laughs> the, movies? <laughs> the movies are, uh, are Don Peyote and uh, Shakes the Clown. Okay. Thank 
Let's meet the boys for once. Damn, please. Damn.